Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 675 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll be hearing from the soldiers with their tribute to the Queen as part of the Jubilee celebrations. We're also talking rock choir and their wonderful Jubilee plans. We'll be hearing from Matthew Gordon. He's playing the billionaire boy at the Grand this week, so we'll be having a natter with him. We'll also be finding out what's going on at the arena with an action-packed June and so much more besides coming up over the coming months. Also, we'll be hearing from Clearwater Creek Revival and their part as an amazing tribute act in the Brood Music Festival coming up in July. That's all on the way on the show this week. There's an awful lot coming up in June at the Arena Theatre. Neil Redding is here to tell me more. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good, and I, I trust we're finding you well and manically busy. Yes, yes. Well, well, slightly less busy than I have been now that the Arts Council uh, application for the next few years has gone in. Um, so we can get back to focusing on uh, what we actually do, which is try and provide some entertainment for the people of Wolverhampton. Absolutely. And there's uh, always something well worth seeing down there. Now, we've, we've spoken periodically throughout that whole pandemic thing that was so in vogue a few, uh, few years back. <laughs> and uh, of course, the wonderful world of producing stuff on screen alongside the live theatre performances. Still running a bit of a hybrid model or is it all sort of mostly back in the auditorium now? Yeah, still a bit of a hybrid. Still, um, we found really interesting that in the autumn, every producer wanted to be online. And then in the spring, uh, every producer wanted the audiences back in the building, which makes some sense, I suppose, mm -hmm. uh, because we could. But I think certainly for the rest of the season and certainly into next season, there's uh, there's going to be a blend of both things to, to come and see in the building and things to see. I, we were in just yesterday morning filming a piece um, which will be available in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, still still things to see online. but but the more people we can get through the doors and into the building, the better. Absolutely. But like, did you give you that chance to extend the audience, particularly after all the seats are sold? Yeah, absolutely. And, and also for people, you know, most things that come to the arena only come for one night. And if that happens to be the night that is your, you know, your line dancing class or your bridge class or whatever it is that you do, or, you know, the kids are at football or, you know, people just can't get there. Um, it's nice to be able to offer shows again for people to watch at their leisure, you know, whenever they want. And uh, and that's what's great about the on-demand model. If you're one of those people like me that's still awake at two o'clock in the morning, you can <laughs> get a theatre. And, and, and the time will come when you're actually able to recreate it in holographic format. And I, I know you'll be leading the forefront of that one in the, in the future at some point too. We can't wait. We want to, we want to go Obi-Wan style into people's living rooms. <laughs> that would be amazing. Right, so back to the serious side of things. What is coming up? Because although you can go to uh, arena.wlv.ac.uk to see the What's On Guide, let's talk about it because it's fun. Yeah, so we've got we're coming towards the end of our professional season for the spring, um, and so we're going into that kind of summer period. So lots of the content, lots of the things people will be coming to see at the arena, will be their own uh, young people performing in in various shows. But a couple of professional shows left. We've got a show uh, coming in on the 9th of June called Full English, um, which is a play about uh, mixed heritage Pakistani and English. Uh, second generation, third generation um, families and, and how they um, how they uh, exist and deal with their dual identities in, in modern Britain, which is a really fantastic piece of work. I saw it, I think about a year ago on a, on a Zoom mm. uh, feed and it's, it's really engaging and that, that'll be with us uh, next week after next. Um, Joss on Dance are also in with their emergence programme. They come about once a year, really fantastic, cutting edge contemporary dance work. Um, and then, as I say, we're into young people. So we're, we're in the final uh, rehearsals now, which hopefully will panic some of the members of the youth theatre for the <laughs> Grand Arena Youth Theatre shows. There's um, two lines, one of which has been written by uh, the Grand Theatre's dame in Panto, Ian Adams. That's right, yeah. So it's a, it's a version of Cinderella, which is written for smaller casts. Um, and, uh, yeah, written by Ian Adams and then adapted by Fran Richards, who runs the, the Grand Arena Youth Theatre um, on behalf of, of the arena um, and the Grand. And she's rewritten it because I think there's about 20 
young people which is more than enough to do a full panto um so she's adapted uh, ian's original work and that will be uh, the first of the the two shows which is on the week of the 15th and 16th of june which would would normally be the week we're doing 1448 but more of that later mm. um and uh, and then in a few weeks a few weeks later in july the senior um uh, group are doing a play called the changing rooms um, which is a really fantastic bit of writing that, that they've worked really hard on. And um, I'm really excited to see both of them uh, as they as they make their way through. I've, I've, I've Unfortunately, they, they rehearse on a Monday night, which is one of my nights at home. Um, so I've not not even been able to pop my head in on rehearsals yet. Yeah. But I, I hear the reports every Tuesday morning. Um, I hear what's gone on at the, uh, the youth theatre the night before. And um, the young people are working really hard at a time which is tricky for them as well. You know, exams, end of year. Mm you know, all the pressure on them to catch up after that pandemic that you mentioned. Um, you know, it's 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 been tough for them, I think, but also a, a really good release. And and it'll be great to be able to celebrate. You know, we a lot of those classes went online. Mm-hmm. They, they did those things online during the pandemic. And this would be the first time they've been able to be on stage in front of an audience um, with a full show since pre-pandemic. So we're really excited to get those get those things on the stage and and, and happening. Um, and then we've also got our uh, celebration of Indian classical dance with uh, Samrapan in June as well, which Jay Patel, our associate artist, uh, curates that night. And um, that's on the 18th of June and is selling well um, in advance. So if you're uh, a regular attendee at, at Samrapan or you want to come and join us for that evening of Indian dance, then I would suggest booking early because those tickets are flying. Absolutely. I mean, these things do at the arena. You have uh, a nice compact bijou style uh, theatre. What's your, what's your total capacity? Is it about 150? 50 in the main house when everyone's in. Yeah, um, and, and and that is a, it's a nice size audience and everyone gets an absolutely perfect view. And you, you know, you've got the uh, the Tilston. Is it still called the Tilston? Has it changed the name? You no, no, no. It's still, uh, still there. And uh, that, I mean, that, that houses uh, a number of other different events and sometimes orchestras as well. Yeah, yeah, we loved. Well, I say we love doing. It. I always like it when there's a when there's an, a band orchestra in the in this studio. I'm not sure the technicians are uh, as keen when they have to root everything through, but it it's a really great way of doing uh, musical theatre because, and particularly when we work with young people and people who are training and people who are, are sometimes performing for the first time, it's really useful um, for performers like that to be able to turn the band down um, <laughs> so they don't get beat. You know, you put a you put a drum kit into the arena and you know what you can hear is a drum kit it doesn't really matter if there's 30 kids trying to sing at the same time um so that gives us some real flexibility and what's great about the tilston space is we use it for a lot of our development program uh um our our new work nights you know we we relaunched the arena collaborative theater maker nights at the beginning of this season and they've really been flying great opportunity for new theater makers to bring work in um to share work that they're working on you know in progress um and uh pove our access and inclusion officer launched our new uh drag scratch night um which is is sort of for new and upcoming drag artists in the city and that has been a runaway success um we've had full houses for the two we've done so far there is another one on tuesday night this week um and again we're expecting full house um in the in the studio for that and uh, yeah really fantastic to see all the different areas of creativity across the city come together in in our in our venue and and you know, as we keep saying, we're here to develop the next generation of theatre makers and uh, whatever that might look like and, and mm-hmm. whoever that might be, we're, we're here to, to help people on their way. And that brings us nicely onto 1448 because that is an opportunity for so many people to shine. Uh, a sort of a, a two-parter uh, with the, uh, the sensory events taking place in a few weeks' time. Yeah, so the, the, we would normally be in the kind of finishing straight of planning for a, a 1448 festival is that normally happens? you would normally at this point be ordering a keg of beer but you're not absolutely. at the moment are you? Be doing. yeah absolutely so um normally second third week of june is when we do 1448 in wolverhampton but our uh our uh, mothership in leicester got offered this opportunity for some funding to do a sensory version um but it's attached to other projects which meant that basically it had to happen the weekend we would normally be doing the festival so we uh moved out of the way we've moved 1448 wolverhampton to september so it'll be september the 23rd and 24th um and uh in the in its place will be this sensory takeover so the the project's been made in leicester 
uh, we're making three plays with um, SEND schools um, and they're completely involved in the process. So they're working with the writers, they're working with the directors, they're working with the actors to create these three plays. The plays will be made specifically for uh, people with profound and multiple learning uh, disabilities and uh, autistic uh, spectrum disorders as well. So um, a kind of um, uh, people with additional needs, making theatre for people with additional needs, which is a fantastic um, uh, way of putting them together. So they'll happen um, uh, live in Leicester uh, towards the end of June, but then we are bringing a filmed version of that show to the arena uh, in July. So the, the films that are made from the uh, shows and they happen in Leicester will be uh, edited down and the sensory elements of them that the audiences get to interact with will be replicated in the arena. So um, audiences with, with PMLD or ASD will be able to come in and watch the film, but also experience the interactive moments for themselves while the film is, is playing. So it's a really fantastic, really inclusive programme. Um, and we're really excited and, and lots of people are already working on it. So lots of our 1448 regulars are already involved in workshops and training and, and uh, development sessions, getting ready for uh, the period in June when, when that will be made. Um, and then, it yeah. sounds absolutely awesome. Yeah. Inspiring stuff again, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the heart of the ethos of the arena has always been about, uh, you know, inclusion and access and, and making theatre available for as many people as possible. So, um, you know, however we can do that, whether it's a BSL interpreter, whether it's an audio describer, um, captioning, uh, you know, physical access to the space, but, but the more we can do and the, and the more uh, we can spread those things out, um, the better. And obviously our partners in Leicester are Attenborough Arts Centre, who have a very similar ethos. Um, and so working between us, we're, we're really excited. And, and the, the other great thing is you've got young theatre makers who work through 1448 who are, um, you know, emerging there, developing their craft. And some of them have never worked in accessible theatre before. So we're exposing theatre makers to the way you make theatre uh, for people with additional needs and hopefully they take that forward into their practice and, and it improves access for everyone not just right now but but into the future as well absolutely amazing there is loads more as well full details online as always arena.wlv.ac.uk or the box office 01902321321 and uh, talk to the team find out what's happening and how you can be part of it neil reading of the arena as ever thank you for joining us and we will speak in the not too distant future we will always a pleasure thanks jason With a jubilee on the way, a very special song praising Her Majesty is available now. It is by the soldiers, Her Majesty the Queen, a platinum tribute song it is. And Warrant Officer Richie Maddox is here to tell me more about it. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm very well. I trust we find you well and looking forward to not only this release, but the celebrations themselves over that long weekend. Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, tremendous, actually, because I've served for 34 years now. So I've been through two jubilees already. The, um, what is it, Golden, Diamond, and now the Platinum. So really good forward to it. And then obviously that's why we decided to release a, a song to, to the boss, as we call her, our Colonel-in-Chief, the Queen, <laughs> Her Majesty. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it all coming up. Well, that's, that's, it's going to be good in itself, and just a wonderful celebration of, of a life given serving her country and you know, the, the, the way in which our soldiers also serve us as a nation. It, it, it all is part of the, the, the same sort of setup, isn't it? It's the same firm, effectively. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've... Um, between the three of us and all our colleagues, the sacrifice soldiers make in general as service, be it four years, be it thirty-four years. You know, it's a it's a it's a vocation in life, not just a, not just a job. You know what I mean? And her Majesty did that from she said, you know, she'll serve the country till, till she, as long as she can. Yeah, and um, she's done seven, seventy years now, and it keeps going. She's she's brilliant. Very very proud to serve serve her. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about this particular song because you know, you you've already massive sellers when it comes to the soldiers of three of you aren't you yeah it was it was a 12 years ago we started all this and with nick patrick and jeff chegg our producers and we did a song called coming home uh, which was to pay respect to our soldiers during the afghan conflict mm -hmm. um and we didn't expect it to we thought you know it's a good little project and double platinum discs later and tours and four albums in you know it, it went crazy and it was brilliant and then obviously we had to go back to our normal work um and then we kind of stopped and, uh, and then did the brainchild again to 
resurrect us with our Zimmer frames because they're not <laughs> spring chickens anymore. Resurrect us um, to do this this song for the Majesty, and it's brilliant. Uh, Adrian Munsley is a guy who, who wrote it um, and arranged by Toby Chapman, um, and it's brilliant. I mean, you listen to the lyrics. What we just be talking about them with um, Her Majesty's service within the lyrics of the song. It's in there, Her Majesty the Queen. She's like a loyal friend. She serves the country. Um, so you listen to it like that, and it just it resonates. What well, I think the whole country think about Her Majesty. Yeah, so we've resurrected ourselves to, to do this song, and I'm sure a lot of the lads back in barracks will start doing as the usual ribbing. <laughs> they called the soldiers, they're more, more like the veterans or the old comrades or something. <laughs> and, and probably a lot worse as well. But, well, uh, yeah, I didn't want to say that on radio. <laughs> let's, let's not go there. But, uh, I mean, you've already raised more than £400,000 for army charities, so, you know, it, it, there's a lot, a lot of respect to your, your way, whatever happens. Yeah, I'm not too sure the exact figure. I think it's uh, a bit more north than that. It's more close towards the million pound. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, so I can't really say that. But yeah, I mean, we sold a lot of records. We had, like I say, the first album was six hundred thousand, and then the two subsequent gold. So you're looking at eight hundred thousand records, and and there was always um, our cut if you like the percentage went to charity. Um, so you're looking at yeah, at least half a million, if not more. So we'd be very proud of that, and that's why now. We still keen with that charitable angle because we've all got jobs, you know. It's, it's what mm-hmm. we do, um, and it, this time the benefit is going to be the Duke of Edinburgh's awards, um, which uh, Prince Edward's taken over as, as in charge of. So we decided, especially with the uh, sad passing of the Duke last year, uh, we decided it's perfect that any proceeds goes towards that. So yep. and it links in nicely back to Her Majesty again. So it's all a nice full circle. Yeah, and then again, another appropriate tribute to uh, somebody else who's uh, served their country for, yeah, for, for many decades too. So, I mean, what happens next as well, though? Come on, you 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 brought out retirement effectively for this one, from the soldiers' point of view, at least. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I'm hoping there's going to be, uh, fingers crossed, ten years time, another jubilee. <laughs> well, that, that'd be amazing if, if it was, and we can resurrect us again in ten years. Um, for the for the next few weeks, we're going to concentrate on promoting this song and performing it as and when we can. And then we'll just see how it goes for us. If, if people are interested, we might do some more. We might not. We, we can't say because I'm Gary is still serving, serving captain. He's he's working today. That's why I'm doing this on my own. Ryan is he's a veteran now. He retired from the army a few years back. But like once once you've been once you've served, you've served. So um, and he's busy, but he'll be doing his work. And, and again, he can't join in today because he's working. I'm due to retire from the army end of June after 34 years service. Um, and then from then, I'm just going to go and put my feet up for a little while. Uh, I live in a nice little beach in the lower stuff in Suffolk. Uh, I'm going to relax. But if this snowballs into something good again, then so be it. Bring it up. But, um, Absolutely. We're just doing this. This is mainly just for to celebrate the, the Queen's Jubilee. And um, really, what, what you're doing here, it, it takes what Robson Green did and turns it into you know, real life, isn't it? I mean, you're not just TV soldiers. You're the real thing. The actual McCoy who, who served <laughs> all around the world. Yeah, I mean, you say that we did get a lot of ribbon when we first started with the soldier, soldier thing. Yeah, there was a TV show. They did a great job. I quite enjoyed watching them do it. But we are soldiers, you know, with uh, Ryan served tours in Afghanistan. I've been to Iraq and both Gary and myself, we served in the Gulf War in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. So, shows how long Gary and I have been serving. And between all three of us, we've been around most of the world in service and, and bits and pieces. So, yeah, we are the, the real McCoy. We are soldiers and um, both Gary and I work for the Royal Court Army Music, so we're musicians as well. You know, that's our main that's our main drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've we've seen a lot of music, and state ceremony, and all that kind of stuff. Um, that's why it leaks quite nice to singing along for the Queen and all that kind of thing. So it's all, it's all good. Yeah. So you can compare us to Robson and Jerome, but only about this much. <laughs> Smidgen. Right. So yeah. we've got to listen to the track now. If uh, if you haven't heard it yet, this is going to be a treat for you. The, the release date was last week. So uh, it, it, it's doing big things. Yeah. I mean, like I say, it came out on the 20th. And for a short time, it was number one in the classical album charts, classical single. Sorry. Uh, it's available on all uh, download platforms, iTunes, Spotify, all that kind of. It's all, it's all good with the goop to me. That I like to go to a shop and buy a CD. But it's all on the, on the, available on all the virtual platforms. And, yeah, it'd be great to get it as high as we can. It'd be wonderful. 
Oh, so let's 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 see it up there in the actual top ten as well as it doing so well, riding high in the classical charts. That would be absolutely awesome. Yeah. It is out there to buy it. The soldiers you're looking for, Her Majesty the Queen, Platinum Jubilee tribute, and uh, it is going to be uh, respectful but enjoyable to listen to at the same time. We 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 love that. From the soldiers, Warrant Officer Richie Maddox. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Take it easy. Given the chance for a party, rock choir are always there, it is guaranteed. The nation's favourite gets together when it comes to a bit of singing. They've got some amazing stuff coming up across the Jubilee. Sonia Eyre joins me now from the Midlands Group. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, Tanya. You're looking after a number of Midlands choirs. Yeah, I'll let you know, run off that list and tell us who you organise for. So I organise for Birmingham, Dorridge, Solihull, Aldridge, Litchfield and Sutton Coalfield. So a couple of, or well, three of those really just around the corner from us and our, our local rock choir, as it were. And this means that uh, you're going to be having a great time with a bit of a flash mob that's taking place to mark the Queen's 70 years on the throne, uh, a 70th platinum flash mob taking place in 70 locations across the UK. But at the moment, they're secret. You can't tell me where you're going to be, can you? The most I can tell you is if you fancy a day shopping on the 3rd of June, then head to Touchwood. Okay, right. That's a nicely cryptic, and we don't know when or what to what time, do we? Really, I suppose that's, that's the, the it's a, it's all part of the mm, magic of what's going to happen. Yeah, but but you guys know how to do a flash mob at uh, the proms in the park back in 2018. Ten thousand of you turned up. Now there's probably not going to be that many at this mystery venue, which we're not going to mention anymore. <laughs> but uh, it's still going to be a huge event, isn't it? It really is. I mean, just to bring so many choirs members together is going to be a fantastic uh, opportunity. We've not been able to do it properly since the proms in 2018 to, to do something like this. So we're really looking forward to it. And what sort of music is it you guys sing? Because I'm, I'm going to guess there might be some Queen involved on it. So the fact it's the Queen's Jubilee. <laughs> Absolutely. But we do a range of repertoire. So, for instance, we've just finished learning Pompeii by Bastille. And also we've done a bit of Meatloaf. So in a variety of, uh, of different bits. And I think that's part of the, the draw, isn't it? Because you're going to sing a wide range of popular music, rock being a little hint there. But, I mean, rock songs do suit so well to, to massive choirs. That's the reason why. I mean, so many rock and pop artists have featured some, some brilliant voices on their tracks in the past en masse. Very much so. It's you, I can't even begin to describe how well they transcribe to choirs singing. It's just such a full sound. It's fantastic. And there's normally plenty of layers as well, so that who, wherever anybody has, happens to be in the vocal range, there'll be something for them. We'll find you somewhere. We tend to work in three parts. So you've got the high voices, sopranos, middle voices, altos, and the lower voices, basses, and we'll find somewhere to pop you in. Not a problem. And obviously the opportunity to join a rock choir as well. And you don't have to be a professional singer standard to get involved. It's a choir. You're an ensemble. It works well with so many different sounds. Yeah, there's no need to audition. We don't make people read music. It's literally just come along, we give you some lyrics on the night and just try us out and have a whale of a time. Yeah, so as well as the flash mob that we're not talking about that might or might not be somewhere near the Touchwood Centre in Solihull at some point during Friday the 3rd, uh, <laughs> as well as that, that we obviously is a surprise, uh, you've also got an event coming up on the Sunday, which again is a national event for Rock Choir. Yes. Can't tell you what it is, though. It's, so it's another surprise. <laughs> Very much so. Is there, there's going to be a video release, I know that much, on our Facebook pages, so it's just tune into that and watch <laughs> that because it's it's brilliant, that's all I can say. OK. It's not often I do interviews where I go, well, is something going to happen? The answer is, well, yeah, and that's it. 
<laughs> but, but I can't tell you much about it. What I can tell you is that there is a choir in Wolverhampton and they've got a performance with Race for Life on the 12th of June. So if you're running in that Race for Life, then Rock Choir will be there cheering you on and singing you on around the course. So that's going to be good. So that, that's all worth checking out. Again, full details on the, on the Rock Choir Facebook page for the Midlands? They will be, yeah, on, on there and also on the local uh, Wolverhampton Rock Choir page as well. So, yeah, so how does it work with Wolverhampton Rock Choir? So you, you, the, the, is, who's, who's the group there? How does that work? For the group that's taking there, her name's Rowan, uh, and she's looking at she looks after Shrewsbury, Wolverhampton, Helford, and Bridge North. So, yeah. So there's we we have got a, a Wolverhampton Rock there Choir. There is a Wolverhampton Rock Choir. There is indeed. So you can. I always I always felt left out for a minute then, to be honest. But uh, they're they're obviously going to be involved in an awful lot of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there too. Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. So uh, there's, there's lots of opportunities to see magical things happen. And uh, I, I take it each group, in, in, in a way, will, will be turning up at one of, the, uh, one of these 70, uh, yes. 70 sing-alongs. So, they are dotted all over the country. They really are. And they've been happening, oh, probably for the past three weeks already. So it's all being done up in the lead up to next weekend. So it's, it's all going to be uh, an amazing musical extravaganza of a sort of event, whatever happens. Very much so. So where do we find out about Rock Choir and all that you guys get up to? All you have to do is head to www.rockchoir.com and it's all there. You can even pop your postcode in to find your nearest choir. So simple as that. I would say we do have a Wolverhampton one. There's stuff going on throughout Shropshire, Staffordshire and the whole of the Midlands and across the UK. And, and, and there are all sorts of things like the national events that people get to be part of as well. We mentioned the Proms thing, which had 10,000 members. Obviously, they're not just all from down south. They have come from all over no, the country. But, but there's, there's often music releases as well. Yeah, we've released a couple of album. We've released a couple of albums, and over the past couple of years, a Christmas single we've uh, been releasing as well uh, with the choirs on it. So last year, uh, through lockdown, we released... Uh, what's it called? Keeping the Dream Alive. Uh, mm. And we had, I think, about 12,000 members recording themselves on that single, uh, which was then released. Impressive, a 12,000 strength choir. That yeah. is, it's, it's, it's amazing and sort of scary at the same time, just to think of the whole concept of that, getting your head around it. Absolutely. But oh, there it, we it, go. It was a way to bring it so it was fantastic. Well, uh, I mean, it is, it is utterly fantastic. All the great things are being done, some amazing voices and uh, amazing people getting together and doing some brilliant work with Rock Choir. For now, Sonia Air, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. With Billionaire Boy at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 1st through to the 5th of June. Something amazing to see over the bank holiday period and an awesome show with somebody who's local in it too. Local lad Matthew Gordon playing the Billionaire Boy joins me now. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right. How's it all going? Going great. I mean, we're now into the sort of second stretch of the tour and it's we've just finished in Sunderland now. We're moving on to Tunbridge Wells. About to move on to the hometown of Wolverhampton, which is great for me i love that this is it i mean it must be amazing yeah. to do a tour and getting to stop off and uh, basically blag food off the family whilst you're here <laughs> exactly not having to worry about digs or hotel rooms for a week mm -hmm. yeah because although you're playing the billionaire boy you, you're not sadly are you no unfortunately the life of an actor is an impoverished one <laughs> well there we go that's, that, but, uh, you wouldn't have any other way it helps with the art i think that's that, that that's what actually happens <laughs> Now, Joe Spud, 12-year-old, richest boy in the country, give us the rest of the background to this amazing David Williams story. So the story sets up essentially both him and his dad. They've come from humble beginnings. His uh, father used to work in a loo roll factory, essentially wrapping the toilet paper around the cardboard tubes. And then mm -hmm. one day he gets this amazing idea to create a loo roll called Bum Fresh, which is moist on one side, dry on the other. And this makes his fortune. So these two guys all of a sudden have all this money don't know what to do with it so joe's got loads of toys loads of computer games but the one thing he doesn't have is a friend he's completely alone mm -hmm. uh, so he asked his father to place him in the comprehensive school nearby under the guise of just being like any other kid he's not a billionaire and see if he can find a friend on his own merits mm -hmm. rather than for what he has and then what ha happens afterwards is obviously what i like is quite a moving story there's a really nice core to that then of course you've got the david walliams humor and grotesqueness and all that kind of stuff happening yeah. around the edges 
the complete madness that runs alongside these things. And uh, I think that is it would be hugely fun <laughs> yeah. to play. I mean, you're, you're, you're a Wolverhampton lad, you're playing your home city, you're going to have a great time with it anyway, but you've got that next level of an amazing script and a brilliant show and the, the amazing look for the show as well. I think that's the other thing as well. It's a kid's show, which means you can't spare doing it right, otherwise the kids will tell you you've got it wrong. Oh, absolutely. The pace of the show, it has to be so slick. We have to keep it moving because, of course, we do this show solid in two hours. It's pretty quick. But um, absolutely, you know if the audience, if you're losing them, because with kids, it's rustling of packets, talking, all that kind of stuff. But we're quite, it's lovely that other than the laughter, you can go through scenes, you can, can't hear a pin drop. So you know you've got that audience captive, which for children, I think you really have to fight for attention at times. But it's amazing to see. And after the show, I, I get to see some families after the show and seeing how much the kids are excited about what they've just seen and how much of a difference it's made to their day. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And I'm going to guess that your whole family are going to be there as well. <laughs> yeah, my family have seen the show. I've lost count now, probably more than 10 times over the years. But um, yeah, I think they're bringing the home troop in for me. And uh, I think that's the thing. There's going to be some people who've seen it for the first time because I've been playing this now since... 2019 mm-hmm. and so just to be hitting the end now, now people have first seen it for the first time it's going to be really strange and <laughs> being on that stage I, I was at the grand last night and just picturing it and going being able to play on that stage you go on this mad adventure you're in this show you're going all around the country but when you come home all of a sudden it's like it's real it's actually happening I I am doing what I always wanted to do yeah because I can relate it to what my life was before did the family bring you down to earth a bit you know you're, you're the, the big <laughs> I am on tour and basically no you're just mad yeah just get on with it and do your job yeah absolutely I think when I come back home it's it's business as usual household chores all that kind of stuff so <laughs> luckily they don't let my head get any bigger than it already is. <laughs> but, but you, know, you don't get the billionaire lifestyle but you do get the billionaire love of yeah, love it's if you were paid in love it'd be billions wouldn't it Oh, absolutely. My, my family, have, they've been so supportive over the years. I think, you know, my dad, he, he obsesses over everything I do. He, he's constantly watching the social media sort of pursuit of the show. And it's lovely to see that, you know, for a job that can be quite difficult at times and not very forgiving, like that your family support you wholeheartedly. And, yeah. and you're doing pretty well. I mean, you're playing age on your uh, CV, uh, 12-year-old. Uh, obviously, it's, it's all part <laughs> of getting the, the, the look of the show, right? You can get away with it, can't you? Oh, absolutely. I think that's the beauty of, of stage. Once you're under the lights and you're in the costume and you've done a few things, you're now lighting your voice a little bit, all of a sudden, yeah, the, the, the magic takes over. The imagination can make it real. And, mm. yeah. I'm quite lucky that I can still get away with it. <laughs> and, 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 and for those in the city who are we are looking up to you and thinking, hang on, this is what I want to do. Obviously, we will let you age a little bit so that they can take the younger roles maybe a little later on. But how did you do it? What was yeah. your path through to this? Because it, it isn't for everyone and it isn't everyone who can do this. Yeah, I think it can be quite a hard route. But I sort of started out, I kind of made the decision at 14, this is what I want to do. And I joined Central Youth Theatre, which is based in the middle of the city. Uh, So I went from there from 2008 through to 2013, just before I went to drama school, kind of like a bit of overlap. And they're a great organisation. They do so much for people in in the city. And they're now about to do a bunch of shows, uh, Passion for Progress, over the summer. So check them out if if you look at the website. yeah, over that I got to do so many great plays, so many great productions, a lot of uh, improv and devising. I got the chance to uh, assistant direct a show, which I think really helped me sort of see the other side mm-hmm. of um, the process. So I went through that, thought very seriously about drama school from 16, applied to about six schools. And I was really lucky that the first school I auditioned for was, was Alra, which unfortunately has closed this year. For, yeah financial reasons but um yeah I was very lucky that was my first audition and I got a straight offer so Mm -hmm. I knew straight away um there we are I'm sort of sorted I went to the others went over to to Alra started there in 2012 uh and it was you know some people say they really struggle through drama school but three years for me I I loved it there I loved it it was right in Wigan so it was a nice little 
other humble town that I could kind of relate to my own beginnings rather than the big city mm-hmm. or anything like that. And uh, it was just amazing. It really pushed forward. And then managed to pick up an agent in my third year. It was slow start the first year, as I will warn anyone who wants to get into acting. <laughs> it's tough at first. You go audition, 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 and nothing comes through. Uh, but eventually I got into touring and all that kind of stuff. And after a few years of working predominantly in Fringe in the North, eventually I got with the Birmingham Stage Company and three, four years later now, I'm, I'm still still there. Doing the thing, so, touring, uh, treading the boards and having an amazing time on stage. But it is hard work. We know that it is not. this is not something simple to be part of the world of the arts. <laughs> it's hard work. And it's also hard work supporting yourself because there's always gaps between jobs. That's how it works. Absolutely, yeah. You've got to find ways to, to nurture yourself throughout it. You know, I've done jobs like waiting on tables and reception desks and all that kind of stuff over the years. But the main thing I did in those times is you've got to keep doing something, whether that's doing an acting class or writing something. You've got to keep creative and always uh, the networking. Mm-hmm. And with networking, I've always said this, like, just be just be real, just be yourself. You know, some people I think I've seen them at parties, you know, you have the people that pick out the important people and try and manufacture a conversation. You go, no, just just be yourself. Find a natural way to talk to people and just let things happen mm-hmm. you know because people want to see who you really are not the facade you want to put forward i think and this is kind um, of the moral of billionaire boy as well isn't it which i quite like too yes <laughs> it Absolutely. all leads back to the I show that's that's the main thing it's with billionaire boy there's this nice core to it which is that i think it's very um relevant to our day and age that now i think with social media constantly on the rise, mm-hmm. what we see of people is generally the, the view they put out to the world. It's all put around money and success and happiness. And obviously what's happening underneath is not always what it appears. And so playing Joe, it's quite lovely because it's on the outside, he's got all this money. He should be completely happy. But what he's lacking in life is the more substantial elements the the family the friendship the the feeling of belonging and so I think this show really presses forward that point that while these things look flash and lovely what you really want to live your life doing is pursuing something that's more spiritual more substantial and that makes us all happier which is having people around us that love us well, you can see what happens in the world of Joe Spud when Billionaire Boys at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 1st through to the 5th of June. A caption performance on Thursday, the 2nd of June, and there are ticket deals as well. You can check all those out at Wolverhampton's website, grandtheatre.co.uk. We'll give the box office a call on 01902 429212. Meanwhile, break a leg, be amazing. Matthew Gordon, <laughs> Wolverhampton lad, and our very own Billionaire Boy, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Getting Neil Curtis to the UK has been one of those challenges over the last few years. It'd be great to see him doing some artwork somewhere near us. However, we do have the opportunity to head to Brighton to catch up with him in July, and he joins me now to tell me what's going on. Hello, sir. Hello, Jason. Nice to see you again. Good to see you again. And uh, we're currently speaking to you from Austria. However, uh, you will be heading to the UK in July. Tell us about the event you're going to be at. Yes, I'm going to participate in the Draw to Perform Festival in Brighton uh, in July. Uh, It's going to be uh, held uh, on the weekends uh, on 9th to 10th uh, and 16th to 17th of July in the Phoenix Art Space in Brighton. And I'm very, I'm very happy and very happy that I can participate because it's it's so cool to participate and uh, work in front of, of an audience and doing body painting uh, is a very intimate thing and uh, by showing it in front of people it's uh, even more uh, emotional for me. So, so what will you actually be doing on the day? How will it work? Because uh, by the sense of things this is going to be a huge festival with lots of different things for people to dip in and out of throughout. Yes, there will be many artists uh, and I will be one of them and um, I will perform on the Sundays. I will perform two times. I will perform on the 10th and on the 17th of July. 
and um, I will be doing two totally different performances. When it comes to your work, obviously people can see at neilcurtis.com the, the range of different things that you do. But uh, how will this differ from something we may have seen online? So when you go on my website, you can see a film about me, a documentary about me. Um, you can also see the uh, Replace Ghost Paint project. But what I'm going to do at the uh, Draw to Perform Festival in Brighton is uh, different because uh, it's more of a drawing or performance that I'm going to do in front of the people. And if you want to know what I do, I will uh, make two very different uh, performances. And the, the first one, which will be held on Sunday the 10th, uh, will be some kind of uh, performance where uh, I will paint a model with uh, hundreds of dots on the body and then within the next one hour I'm going to connect all the dots and the performance is going to be called uh, connecting the dots. Um, and for me that's also a very symbolic thing um, because uh, the, the model has to be totally open and the model is going to be like a surface to draw on a, um, a, a human being. And at the end, the model will look like uh, full of lines, you know, connecting each other. And that's also quite symbolic because we're living in a world that is very connected and also um, especially now uh, with the Ukraine war and, and, and what's going on here, you know. For me, this is very symbolic. And on the second Sunday, what have you got lined up for that? Yes, the second Sunday is going to be uh, an even longer performance. Uh, the, the first Sunday, the connecting the dot is going to be only one hour. And the uh, second performance I'm going to do is um, a performance um, where I'm going to uh, paint and overpaint a model 10 times. So it's going to be called 10 layers. And um, it's a performance that will take, uh, on, uh, take uh, a lot of time because over painting someone and waiting until it dries and then overpainting the model uh, is very time consuming. But I, I like the idea of people being there, witnessing the whole thing, uh, coming back uh, and seeing the model is completely changed and so on. And also, again, here is that element of uh, vulnerability and, and openness, because I'm going to paint the, the model in different poses. So he might uh, stand, he might lie on the floor, he might even sleep, I don't know. Uh, and it's going to be the entire afternoon. And all of this, uh, say, is an in-person event. Will any of this be seen online afterwards? Yes, the Trotter Perform uh, Festival is going to be uh, broadcasted online. And I will, of course, um, document uh, what I do. And um, I might also um, just appear on my Instagram and show the people what I'm doing right now. So plenty of chances to see it online if you can't get to Brighton. But as I say, it's uh, a, a different aspect to your art, which uh, you know, people may not have seen before. And, and again, uh, you've done sort of live events all over the world previously, haven't you? Yeah, I was, uh, for example, I made a, a performance in New York and um, it was a very interesting performance because the performance started in the gallery and to the surprise of the, the people who were there, uh, I said, let's go out, you know let's go outside with the models because um, I like the idea of bringing the, the, the art uh, to the outside. I like the idea of, of, uh, of using the paint as some kind of uh, replacement for clothes and you walk around outside, so why not? And there's actually the chance that uh, I might be doing this in Brighton as well. Uh, so there might be um, some uh, maybe I will uh, walk out of the gallery as well with my model or um, go to the beach or um, yeah, talk to people in front of the uh, Phoenix art uh, space. So there's, again, it, it, it'll be an evolving piece as often your work is, and it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. And of course, as you say, we can follow this online and see where it goes to, either at the time or via your neilcurtis.com website afterwards. And this is all part of say, the, the big picture of the work that you do. And uh, what else have you got planned as we head through 2022? 
as you probably know, the, the time within the last three years was not easy or last two, two and a half years. Because first there was Corona and then now we are facing uh, war in Europe. And that's actually making me very sad. You know, I come from a country uh, where we had a big leader that occupied the world and such behavior is totally unacceptable, of course. And um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working on this Replace Clothes Paint uh, project since nearly 10 years now. And for some reason, I, I had to make a break because everything got very emotional in my life and everything uh, uh, slowed me down and I, 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 I couldn't uh, focus on things. And one urge deep inside of me is at the moment to uh, confront myself with the Ukraine crisis and the Ukraine war. And I'm, I'm uh, very emotionally touched and, and I actually made a, a replace close pain se session which will deal uh, about the topic of the Ukraine war. And one part of this performance, of this replace close pain performance is to hug the, 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 the model. And I've never done that in, in one of these um, replace close pain sessions so far, but it's, uh, it was a very emotional um, situation for me, you know, because the session is about the identity of Ukraine and how, um, it's uh, it's being replaced. I do not replace the clothes. I, the the identity is is being replaced. You know, and I want to um, work uh, as an artist. Uh, I'm, I I feel like I have to deal with uh, this Ukraine war thing, and I have to make an expression, a statement as an artist. And so my one of my plans for the next month is going to be uh, a series of works that I will make with a model from the Ukraine. And uh, I want to artistically um, um, try to, to um, think and find a solution or make a statement about that. So there might be sessions, very experimental sessions um, with this topic. So all of this through your website and socials, where can we find you online? Yes, uh, the, the website neilcurtis.com is of course the main uh, page, the main landing page to uh, also you can find um, links to my Instagram, for example, and to my Twitter. And I would like everyone to follow me on Twitter and on Instagram uh, because I will be live online there. Um, as you know, Twitter, it's a very open uh, um, social media platform where I can actually show my art in a non-censored way. And so please follow me on Twitter, please follow me on Instagram. Uh, Instagram is the place where I go online live, sometimes when I make a session or mm -hmm. maybe uh, at the Trot Performing Festival as well. Well, Neil, always great to speak to you. Thank you for joining us. Have a brilliant time in Brighton in uh, July. And we look forward to more of your work over the coming weeks and months. And I hope to see you there as well. Fingers crossed. Ciao for now. See you. There's an amazing lineup for this year's Brood Music Festival. It takes place on the 2nd of July for the main event on the big stage at St Dominic's. Clearwater Creedence Revival are one of those acts we're going to be absolutely adoring on the night. Peter Barton is with me now to tell me more. Hello, sir. How are you doing? All right? I'm good. And uh, it's, uh, it must be great back playing the festivals after the couple of years that we've had. And I know this has sort of moved around a little bit. We should have been doing this in 2020, but we're now there yeah. in 2022. Yeah. I think it was Donald. Is it, is, is it Donald? Angus? Uh, Ang yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Ang Angus uh, Parker. Angus Crawford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did the festival a few years ago when I was with the animals for... A long time and i actually played the same festival with with the animals a few years ago in which case i've already they introduced did. you on stage once there you go absolutely yeah 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 i think jimmy lee came down because jimmy lives in the area doesn't he yeah yeah and yeah played. jimmy lee came down to the gig, yeah. but i mean it's, it's an amazing gig and the, i mean the whole village comes alive with music throughout the whole weekend from the friday saturday and the sunday uh but the jewel in the crown is the the saturday night and you again, what a, a series of amazing bands to play. Uh, and what's it like being part of the lineup on these festivals? Because you, you must get to make some good friends who you see at different events. 
Yeah, he's great. He's kind of like, uh, I mean, a lot of the bands we know anyway, so it's good to just see him again because a lot of the people we haven't seen for the last two two to three years because of the situation, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's great. Um, and it's a good family event, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's all about enjoying the music as well, which is the important Absolutely, thing. Absolutely, yeah. We, it's, we, the good thing about the Creed and stuff, John Fogarty's songs, is um, everyone knows them. They can relate to them. They're just good time music, you know. So what can we expect from you on the night? How does the lineup work? Well, we kick off. It's all it's non-stop hits, really. From Proud Mary, Bad Moon Rising, Grapevine, Fortunate Son, Up Around the Bend, you know, Cotton Fields. It's what you'd expect, really. It's just a... It's just a, a, a crowd participation gig. And the tour has been going great. I mean, we played last year on the tour, we did 34,000 tickets, which is fantastic, you know. Yeah, and uh, it, it's people keep coming. They know the songs. They absolutely want to be part of it. Uh, but live yeah, music yeah, is so important. Yeah, we've got people coming time and time again, which is great. And yeah, there will be people who will, will have booked tickets for Brood because they know you're going to be there and will probably oh, travel yeah. from all over the country as well. Brilliant, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. What else can we expect? I mean, has it been attempting to do a bit, a bit of new music, to uh, maybe an album to, we, to cover? We've been working on some. We've, we have been in the studio working on some new stuff, but we, we every now and again we'll throw a, a new song in, you know. But unfortunately, people they want to hear all the old stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's, it mm-hmm. is what they're coming for. You know, it's like a lot of bands. I mean, uh, there's no point in trying to. Um, remake the wheel you know what I mean it's like people people know what they want and so you've just got to give it to them really absolutely and, and that's exactly what they will get on this night but I mean it must also be quite good fun maybe to do a little cheeky cover song as well I mean have you ever fancied doing a Spice Girls classic is that is that not part of your repertoire you know something we thought about it but we passed on it yeah <laughs> no yeah I mean there's, there's that many songs to go at you couldn't um you know, we even miss some of the old hits out, you know what I mean? Because there's that many of them. Mm-hmm. And we say with the, with the tours that you're doing, um, it is, say, keeping this music alive. And you you must have yeah, several generations of fans who come along, you know, where the love of the music's passed down through families. You know, I got a phone call yesterday. We're doing a show in Birmingham in a, in a few weeks' time. And, and a girl, a, a woman phoned me up and her son's, Eight years old, right? Eight years old. Yeah. Plays guitar. Massive Creedence fan. Eight yeah. years old. What's that about? And she said he's a great little guitarist. And would we let him play with us on stage? I said, listen, bring him to the sound check. We'll run through a song, and and if it fits for everyone, he can get up with us, you know. But I mean, to get someone who's as young as eight, but the the, the audiences that we get are range from well, eight to eighty. You know what I mean? It's great. And, and all living the music to equal measure and all singing along with the words. And that's all the other thing. All singing along. Yeah, you, you, get, uh, you, you get them moving to the, to the music in the crowd. And, and again, that, that must be fantastic feedback, and particularly at the festival like this. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's our job's to entertain. So it's, I mean, you know, we're not going there for us, we're going there for the, for the punters. So our job is to, to make sure that they go on with a smile on the face and, and say, we want to come back again next year, you know. So, um, you know, and we seem to be doing all right at it, you know. So it's going to be an amazing gig. Uh, there's yourselves, the Scouting for Girls. There's so much more in the in the lineup for the, the Saturday night. It is well worth grabbing a ticket, broodmusicfestival.com. Absolutely, yeah. Look them up on Facebook. You'll be able to get all the links there. And, uh, yeah, most importantly, come along and just enjoy the music. And even if you think, uh, yeah, some of the bands aren't, aren't pit bands you would normally listen to, it, the number of converts you must have from people who just didn't know enough about you to, to come along and enjoy Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's getting more and more extreme. Well, it's, it, it is going to be uh, an, an amazing night over a whole weekend of, of wonderful music. Clearwater Creedence Revival, part of that bill for the 2nd of July at the Breed Music Festival. Peter Barton, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me back with episode 676 next week. I'll see you then. Good for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. 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 Yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar. Yeah.